you nature lovers. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's right. Get real. I hope you get your backpacks ready, because it's time for another ozone-killing episode of... Red Movie Rama! And boy, do we have a good one for you this time. This is another listener request, and this one comes from... Derek Bourgeois! But we all know him as Derek B. around here. And he wanted us to check out the awesome Nature Runs Amok Jaws Rip Off Day of the Animals. Uh, well, it sounds like another one of those 70s movies again. That's right, as well. How, how could you tell? Uh, well, I could just sense it. Well, that's that's a... Pretty good observation. I mean, is there other things you can sense, too? Well, I, I can pretty much sense that I'm not going to like this movie. Well, you haven't even heard anything about it yet, and you're already passing judgment on it? Well, you know, Skippy, now that you say that, let me think about it. Yes, I'm passing judgment on it. Well, Day of the Animals was really popular when I was a kid. It was on TV all the time. I always got this movie confused with the one that's got that guy driving a Trans Am on it. You... Got this movie confused with Smokey and the Bandit? Well, well, of course he did, Skippy. Look who you're talking to. Well, anyways, we got a lot of ground to cover. See what I did there? It's pretty funny, huh? funny. So, let's get on with it. Take it away, Rick. Boy, I so would like to do the synopsis on this one, man. Oh, really, Brandy? So so you want to do the synopsis for this one? Oh, I so do, boy. I love those animals. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't, don't, don't do this, Skippy. Don't, don't Here we do go, it. boy. Day of the Animals is a 1987 musical about a band in the 60s ate a whole bunch of mushrooms while they sang House of the Rising Sun. This movie is written and directed by Annette Fonicello and it has an all-star cast with Cheryl Teagues, Gary Coleman, Zac Afron, and starring Liam Neeson as Jimi Hendrix. Back to you guys. Well, there you go. Tried to tell you. Well, nice try, Randy. So, uh, anyways, take it away, Rick. Day of the Animals is a 1977 horror, thriller, bat-crap-crazy environmental movie. Directed by William Girdler, the man that brought us Minotaur, Grizzly, Three on a Meat Hook, and my personal favorite, Abby. The depletion of the Earth's ozone layer causes animals above the altitude of 5,000 feet to begin attacking humans. A group of hikers, led by Steve Buckner, are trapped in a military quarantine zone and must fight their way out. Starring Christopher George as Steve Buckner, the only guy you want leading you through the forest when the crap hits the fan. Linda Day George as Terry Marsh, the good-looking blonde because every movie like this needs the good-looking blonde. Richard Jekyll as Professor McGregor. He doesn't shoot a grizzly with a bazooka in this one. And Leslie Nielsen as Paul Jensen, 
the biggest a-hole in an ozone-free planet, and a whole lot of other characters that we just really don't care about. Back to you, Rick. So let's get with it. We start off with Christopher George, and he's taking a group of unlikely hikers up into the mountains for a hiking trip. And it happens to be in an area where they've had quite a few accidents here in the past few weeks. But uh, our leader isn't worried about that because he's freaking Christopher George. Why does his name ring a bell? I, 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 can't, I can't put it together. Uh, he was the news reporter in the episode that we did about City of the Living Dead. What? They, they let that guy be in another movie? Yeah, okay. So, uh... So, uh, these, these hikers, are they, are they having a good time? Yeah, you get a little character development as we go along, and everybody's having a good time until they take a little break, and then out of nowhere, they get surrounded by a bunch of vultures. And the vultures are being led by a golden eagle. Holy jeez, that really doesn't make any sense at all there, Skippy. I mean, vultures are terrifying, but, uh, the golden eagle thing, I just don't understand it. Does anybody get hurt? Well, luckily, no, but uh, sure does spook everybody. And, of course, Christopher George says he's never seen anything like it. Well, if, if he hasn't seen anything like it, then it must be something. One time I saw an alligator wearing some roller skates. Are you going to talk the whole time during this movie, Randy? Hey, he's allowed to talk just like everybody else is. Anyways, we cut back to the little town outside the mountains where the journey began. And the sheriff goes into a restaurant and sits with a bunch of good old boys. And they turn on the news, and they start hearing about the depletion of the ozone layer. And they pass it off as a bunch of crap, even though the sheriff was just telling the guys about some recent animal attacks that have really never happened before, and they don't seem to make the connection. Oh, jeez. Skippy, is every movie in the 70s about how we've destroyed the planet? Well, the great Texas Dynamite Chase, was it? Well, it might as well have been. It was about the dangers of being a slut. Yeah, because those girls were hot. Oh, jeez. Well, you trade one idiot for another. I anyways, back to the hiking group. Uh, they're marching along, and they notice that there's a golden eagle that's following them everywhere they go. And they stumble across a campsite... And the fire is still burning, but there's nobody there. It looks like it's been totally abandoned. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I bet something happened to those people. Do, do they go look for them? No, this group actually does the right opposite, and they just take over the campsite and use it for themselves. Wait, what? Wait, that's that's not right. No wonder these people are being attacked by animals. They're, they're not good people. Anyways, uh, a little later on that night, while hanging out by the campfire, uh... We get some more character development because there's a rich lady that's there, and she's got a son. And he gets up and starts throwing rocks, and he's about 10 feet away from his mom. But she keeps yelling at him to stop throwing the rocks because he'll end up getting lost. What? Gee, that's uh, she's a little protective, I guess. How's, how's he going to get lost if he's only about 10 feet away? Well, she's an idiot. Oh. Anyways, the Indian guy that's in the group, who seems to know more about what's going on than even Christopher George does, goes up to the young boy and says, Hey, stop throwing those rocks or I'll have to scalp you. Hey, what? 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 
Like, holy jeez, I mean, right there in front of everybody? Well, he, he didn't mean it. He was just kind of using the stereotype just to get the kid to listen to his mom. Wow, you, you would think that the Native American guy would uh, not use things like that because it could even be offensive to himself. That's kind of weird to offend yourself like that. I offend myself all the time. Not just yourself, Randy. I, well, again, it's the 70s, and... People had thicker skin back then and more ozone layer. Boy, I so do miss that ozone layer. I wrote a song about it. Goes like this. Oh, no. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ozone layer. Ozone layer. Who? Ozone layer has gone away. Melting like a candy cane. Ozone layer is knocking at your door. He's not going to stop, is he? Uh, probably not, but uh, let's get back to the movie. And so the mom gets kind of frustrated and walks off to be by herself for a moment, and the Native American guy follows after her to encourage her that, hey, you know, your son's a good kid, and he just needs some leadership. And then she reveals how hard it is to be a single parent, and so that gives us a little insight on why she acts like she does. Well, that does make a lot of sense, and by the way, she's been talking to everybody I can see why she'd be single. Hey, now, that's not very nice, Aswell. I call them as I see them there, Skippy. Well, I guess it is lucky for them that they found the campsite, because at least they have a nice, safe place to sleep through the night. Yeah, for the most part, until one of the ladies gets attacked by a wolf in her sleeping bag. Oh, I sure don't like when that happens, boy. That would freak me out if it was a wolf in my sleeping bag. Oh, I'd have to smoke, I don't know. Maybe four more packs of cigarettes. Jeez, you're a nut job. The wolf wasn't in her sleeping bag. She was attacked while she was in her sleeping bag. Yeah, I bet that was hot. Lord help us. So the next day, uh, Christopher George gives the husband of the lady that was attacked instructions for the two of them to hike back down to a ranger location for a helicopter to come pick them up and take them back to town and take care of her wounds. Okay, okay. Wait, wait a minute. So they're they're gonna send these people out on their own. Oh, I don't see anything wrong happening here at all. That's all. Well, well, you see, they still don't realize what's really happening so far in this movie. So this is probably normal protocol for whenever somebody gets hurt on these hiking trips, they follow this procedure. And the rest of the group continues on with the hike. And everybody's getting along very well, except for Leslie Nielsen, who's being a butthole. And he's making racial slurs at the end end and just pissing people off. Now, wait a minute. I, Leslie Nielsen, I love Leslie Nielsen. He's not. He's never a butt person. No, I didn't say butt person. I said he's being a butthole to people. Well, I don't believe that Leslie Nielsen would be a butthole to people. Surely you can't be serious. I, I am serious. And I'm not even going to finish the rest of that one. Because right now we cut back to the couple that's hiking along and the lady is really struggling and the tension is high between the two of them. But it all ends pretty soon because uh, she gets attacked by that group of vultures that's been uh, hanging out since the beginning of the movie. And man, they're just pecking away at her and messing up her hands and clawing her face and she ends up uh, falling off the edge of a cliff and falls to her death. Holy jeez, I... I will never trust a vulture again. Maybe she had a pack of olives in her pocket, boy. What What are you mumbling about? Well, I heard that vultures hate the smell of olives. Well, give me ten minutes 
Then I'll run to the store and get some, and we'll try it out on you. Calm down, Aswell. It's just a movie. So later on, Frank, which is the name of the husband of the lady that just got killed, tries to make it on his own, and he found a stream of water. So he stops to get himself a drink, and while he's there drinking, he finds a little girl that's stranded out there all by herself. So now he's going to try to protect her and take her to safety, too. Oh, well, he sounds like a pretty nice guy. Well, he's trying to do what he can. But back with our hiking group again, they finally made it to the location where the helicopter's supposed to be, where it drops off the food for them to eat, and the food is gone. The animals have eaten it all. So now tempers are really flaring, and people are starting to panic. And Leslie Nielsen becomes an even bigger butthole, and he claims that they should all stay there and wait until the next helicopter comes to bring the food for the next day and take them all to safety. But Christopher George says, if we stay here tonight... Gather as much food as we possibly can and head on and try to make it back as quickly as possible. Because you don't know when the next helicopter really is coming. Sounds like to me maybe they just need to sing a little song together. Maybe they can sing a song about, I don't know, Toy Story or a Bug's Life. Hey, maybe they can sing a song about how Randy's a moron. Uh, be nice, fellas. Anyways, the sheriff gets a phone call in the middle of the night. And it says that the military is taking over the whole situation. And this is happening everywhere where people live above 5,000 feet. So it's pretty much become martial law. Well, I guess he needs to like get up and get dressed and go down there and take care of a little business then. Yeah, you would think so. But he decides to uh, get a midnight snack first. So he goes in the kitchen and uh, then he gets attacked by a bunch of jumping rats. What? Wait, what? What? Jump, jumping rats. Yeah, he just sets a uh, plate of food on the table, and instantly there's like 15 rats on it, and they jump off the table and uh, jump up on his face and just start biting his face. Well, well, there you go. That's that's not good at all. I mean, they carry lots of disease. He he may need to go get like a tetanus shot or something. Well, at the moment he's pretty freaked out, and he goes and wakes up his wife and tells her to grab her crap because we're getting out of here. Well. Well, at least maybe the army guys will find the group of hikers, right? Uh, well, maybe if there's anything left of them, because uh, we get back to them and they're getting attacked by three mountain lions. Holy crap, everything's just going crazy here. That's that's not good at all, at all. I mean, these things are like vicious. Yeah, they're, they're very dangerous, but luckily just mainly some scratches and probably crap in their pants. But everybody's okay. And uh, But it does make everybody real rattled again, and then they start blaming each other again. Oh, jeez. Sounds like they uh, they probably need to get out of there before they kill each other. Yeah, because then it'd just be called Day of the People. Yeah, that's hot. Okay, okay. When, when one of you talks, it's bad enough you don't make any sense. But both of you together, just complete, utter nonsense. Anyways, back to our group, which is now going to be split into two groups because Leslie Nielsen is now taking one group that uh, decides that they want to head back to the ranger post, which is 15 miles uphill, and the rest of them want to continue going downhill because that's what they were told that they needed to do. Well, you know, now that I think about it, that's not a good idea because don't they know they're stronger if they stick together? Well, you know, we do hear that a lot in life, but I guess when you're in the middle of a life or death situation, there's uh, too many people that want to be the leader, and uh, that never works out good. And we get some more scenes of where the animals are starting to travel together, and they're falling right after... Christopher George and his group. Wait, hold, hold up, hold up, Skippy. I, I've got a question here. So, so if the animals 
are losing their minds because of the lack of the ozone layer, then why are they not killing each other too? Well, you know what? That's a very good point. But this is one of those feel-good, make-you-feel-bad-about-our-lives 70s flicks. So it's all about the impact on us. Yeah, I, I, I know that. But I'm just saying that the animals, if they have gone bonkers, then they wouldn't just have a vendetta on people. They'd be, like, attacking anything and everything that moves. Oh, boy, one time I saw roll an alligator and roller skates. I freaking love him. He got in a fight with a bush. Hey, now that's hot. Oh. Holy jeesh. Anyways, the animals will be killing each other. I couldn't agree with you more. But then we cut to Frank, again, traveling with the little girl, and uh, they come across a campground, and there's lots of uh, tents and vehicles, but just like before, there's nobody there. Well, that's nice and sweet, but no one cares. I want to know how Frank Drebin's doing with his bunch. Well, he's running around shirtless, swinging a stick, and beating up everybody that doesn't agree with him. Yep, that sounds about right. And he ends up stabbing and killing the young guy that's like in his 20s that's in the group. Holy jeesh! I... I don't know who's worse, that, that Voorhees guy or, or Leslie Nielsen. Well, it, it definitely gets worse because since he killed that guy, now he thinks that the, the woman that belongs to the guy that he killed now belongs to him. So he throws her on the ground and tries to have his way with her. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's, that's what we need is another movie with another rape scene in it. Somebody needs to, like, go up and hit him in the head with a rock or something. Well, the rich lady tries to, but she just can't build up the courage to do it. And uh, her and her son run off. But uh, somebody else shows up. A big old grizzly bear. Oh, man. Big old grizzly bear show can kill the mood. Kill, kill the mood? Kill the mood? Somebody needs to hit you in the head with a rock. And that's going to lead us right up into Movie Fight Night. Welcome back one more time to another exciting episode of Movie Fight Night. I am your host, Doc Egan, and I'm here with the master of disaster himself, once again, Jimmy the Claw. What you know, Jim? Hey, how's it going there, Doc? It's good to be back. We uh, we haven't done anything in a little while, so hey, thank you, folks. Appreciate that. We haven't done anything in a little while, uh, so it's nice for us to uh, get back together and start looking at some tough action here. Yeah, all right, Jim. You know, it's been a little bit, but that's not going to make it any difference because we've got a throwdown out here in the middle of the wilderness. We're up here in the mountainside, and uh, from what we understand, we've got a shirtless Leslie Nielsen yeah. running around. What do you know about that, Jim? Yeah, it's like he completely flipped his lid. I tell you, Doc, uh, before we got here, I started reading the notes that we were given about the current situation. And uh, the way that he's been uh, attacking this lady, uh, it really brings out the, the bear in me, myself. And I would love to just get the claw on this guy's gulliver and just give it a good squeeze. No doubt, Jim, this is what needs to happen to this guy. But we're going to let nature take care of itself because uh, from what we understand, the rest of the group that's following him around is really regretting that decision. Well, when your leader is starting to stab the other people in the camp and uh, killing them off, that's uh, that's not what I'll call good leadership. Yes, indeed, Jim. And it seems like that he's going to end up battling this huge grizzly bear that's just come onto the scene. And we're going to 
see how this all works out. We are just waiting for the bell to ring, and there it is. Here they go. Oh, he's running up to Jim. He's going to try to fix this bear mano a mano. Man, he must be really lacking oxygen. No one in the right mind would run up to a bear empty-headed and try to do this to him. No doubt, Jim, and I guess being out in the wilderness and being shirtless just makes you act crazy like this. Well, I'll tell you one thing. This grizzly, he's not bothered at all. He's got his wits about him. Whoa, and look at this, Jim. It looks like Lizzie Nielsen has just bear-hugged the bear. I mean, he just ran up and wrapped his arms as far as he could around the bear and started squeezing. This is not going to end well, Doc. I mean, who in their right mind would go bear-hug a bear? I mean, it's right there literally in the name. This is not going to end well, Doc. And you got Lizzie Nielsen screaming like a lunatic, and the bear slams him on the ground. Oh, and he's, like, ripping him apart. Oh, that's terrible. He's making a sandwich meal out of that guy. Yes, indeed, Jim. I guess shirtless Lizzie. Nielsen just thought he had enough manpower to uh, bring this bear down, but uh, it didn't seem to work out for yeah, him. This could be the fastest match we've had so far here, Doc, and uh, it was not uh, not impressive at all. Uh, well, besides the lunacy of Leslie Nielsen running up thinking he'd do that, uh, this almost wasn't worth uh, setting up the cameras for. So, folks, we're going to see you next time right here on Movie Fight Night. Let's go, Jim. All right, Doc, I'll see you in a little bit. I'm going to hit this Taco Bell down here in the corner. Skippy, that wasn't much of a fight. Well, he was fighting a freaking grizzly bear. What do you expect? Well, that was horrible. You think that's horrible? Frank and the little girl somehow make it all the way back down to the town where all this trip started. Well, that's good. And there's no one there, and they find a military truck, but the guy driving it is dead, and they open up the, the door, and he falls out. It looks like he'd been snake bit in the face. Oh, no, snake bites. And the local dog, which has kind of been going crazy throughout the whole movie, starts following them around. Uh-oh. So they run and jump into a vehicle to try to get away from the dog. Yeah. And he tries to start it up, but it won't start. Of course. But he notices he's not far from his own car that's sitting over there. Convenient. And he tells the girl to sit there and sit tight. He's going to go get his car and uh, get her, and they're going to take off out of there. So he finds a claw hammer in the backseat of the vehicle, and he jumps out, and he uses it as a weapon in case the dog tries to jump at him. Uh-huh. And he gets over to his car, and while he's watching the dog, he's not watching in the car. Uh-oh. And he opens it up, and there's a whole bunch of snakes in the seat of his car. Oh, no, snakes! And he ends up getting bit by a snake, and when he yells, it makes the dog attack him, and the little girl huh. sees it all. And now she's stranded by herself while he's being eaten alive by snakes and dogs. Holy crap. I know I know this movie was trying to make a point about the environment, but this is insane. Yeah, it's it's pretty shocking, but yeah. uh, it also makes it memorable. Hmm. And you know what's also memorable? What's that? We're down to the two ladies and the boy, and they're the ones that were following Leslie Nielsen in the wilderness. Yeah. And they're moving on as well, and they found a helicopter on the ground. Helicopter? And they go to look at it. And then they look off to the side, and there's a pack of wild dogs eating the pilot. Holy crap. And uh, the dogs start chasing them, and they jump in the helicopter just in time. Oh, my heart's racing. I hope one of them has a license so they can get that bird in the air and get out of there. Well, we don't have time to ask those kind of questions because we cut back to Christopher George and his bunch. And they found an abandoned campground again, and it looks like a pretty good place to hide out. 
until they get attacked by a bunch of German shepherds. And uh, the German shepherds end up killing everybody except Steve, the reporter, and the, and the Indian. Uh, that sounds like a TV show that I grew up watching. chip off the old block and doesn't take any crap from anyone. And she's a hot mama who's also a reporter. And don't forget, we've got an Indian. Together they will do the unbelievable. They will stop the unstoppable. They will break the unbreakable. And you can sleep at night knowing that the world is a safer place thanks to Steve, the reporter, and the Indian. does have a ring to it anyways uh they take off on foot and run out to, to the river and they get in the water but the lady can't swim so they break off a piece of the dock and they use it as a flotation device but the problem is is a couple of german shepherds jump on it while they're trying to pull it away from the land and uh while they're floating downstream in some rapids they're hanging on the sides of the dock with uh, two German shepherds on top of it, barking and biting at them. So, so I'm kind of noticing something here, Skippy. But why didn't they just call this Day of the Dog? Because uh, so, except for the bear fight, it seems like everything else has had a dog involved in it. Well, that's a it's a good point. I guess for some sort of finale, you had to have animals that you can actually train to do some things. I guess. Back to our other group that's in the helicopter. They notice that uh, they look outside and. All the dogs that were attacking the helicopter were now all dead. What? How, how does that happen? I mean, does Leslie Nielsen come back from the grave and his ghost goes around killing all the animals? Well, at this point, we really don't know what happened. They just kind of dropped down, and while they're looking at the dogs, they notice, hey, here comes another helicopter to come pick them up and take them to safety. Well, well, that was really convenient with the animals dying and... Then the helicopter showing up all at the same time. Well, it's it's a movie, so there you go. Then we cut back to the town, and we've got the military coming down the street in some silver hazmat-looking outfits. They look like robots from 1950s sci-fi movies. And we kind of get a little story about the ozone layer, and it's starting to repair itself. And what happened was this is a virus, and it got into the animals, and it got into the people. And that's why the animals were dying off, and they wanted to round up and see what people have survived and found out if they had some sort of immunity from the virus. Oh, well, well, how about that? This movie actually makes a little sense. I I like that. So what about Steve and the reporter and the Indian? Well, we see them floating downstream, and now they're on top of the raft because I guess the dogs have died, so we don't really know what happened to them, but we just assumed that they died. And uh, But they're floating downstream asleep, and they hear some noise, and they look up on one of the banks... And they realize they are close to civilization. And Christopher George says, we made it. And that's the end of the movie. Well, Skippy, I kind of have to say for a guilt trip movie that they made this out to be, uh, that was actually not too shabby. Well, how about that? We finally broke through here and found something that you kind of liked. Well, it could be the fact that it's just not super stupid like some of the other stuff. Anyways, guys, 
as well like this movie. What, what did y'all think about it? Well, that's awesome, because this movie is a classic, and I've seen it multiple, multiple times. And like I said, it was on TV all the time growing up. So again, if this is kind of your bag, if you like these 70s kind of flicks, the, the whole nature runs amok thing because we're terrible people and we destroy the planet, this is a definite one to check out. So folks, we will see you next time. Adios! All right, Aswell, go ahead and uh, get things set, and uh, we'll get out of here in a minute. I'll be back in a second. Sure thing, Skippy. I'll get everything taken care of. You just uh, go go about your business here. All right, bye. Okay, let's look. Uh, let's look here. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, Celine Dion. Celine Dion. Oh, there she is. There's my beauty. Oh, Celine. They just don't make them like you anymore. Now, who's this? Who's this calling here? Oh, it's Court Science. Hello, Court. Hey, uh, is this as, is it as well as, am I saying that right, or? You are correct. That is, that is right, sir. Okay, uh, how many people are there with you as well? Like, with the... Okay, you, you guys send in the voicemail, and there's there's a lot of folks, including somehow Randy Newman. That's miraculous that he's working with you, by the way. But I, I just, I want to know if, like, how many of you are there in total that are doing this show, and how many of you want to make peace versus how many of you are still battling with me? Holy jeez, that's, that's like asking how many people live at the naval base. Uh, sometimes two, sometimes 40, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, well, it seems like all of the people that were on that message, there was a lot of them. So um, I, is it safe to assume that more of you would like to make peace than would like to continue warring? Oh, yes. Okay. Absolutely. It's because the way it's been going, it hasn't been good for us at all. At all. So, uh, yeah, we, we're kind of hoping that maybe... Uh, Maybe you guys could uh, make it nice and friendly because that's that's what makes the world go round. Well, as well, I had no idea that there were so many of you, let's just say, in that studio. Okay, so whenever the show came at me like it did, which is Ricky essentially came at me like he did, I assumed it was all just Ricky getting my wrath. I had no idea... The rest of you, let's just say that are in that studio, because I'm not sure what the situation is. Um, I didn't know the rest of you were getting hurt by it, too. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't aware because I did not listen to the show until you messaged me. I had no idea there were that many of you being hurt. Uh, yeah, several of us. Holy jeez, you know, some of them are even crying because they're like, you know, uh, that's that's not how we want this to work. And, and, and you know, we, we like court. You know, and I, I think Rick does, too. It's just, uh, you know, he was just uh, poking a little fun. I, I will admit we're going to miss RoboCourt. I, yeah, we can we can do without RoboCourt. Because if, if Ricky really wanted me on the show, he should have known all he had to do was ask. He didn't have to pull all this stuff. So wait, ho, 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 wait, 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 wait. Just wait. So you're uh, saying that if he asked you to be on the show, you would come on the show? Yeah, I would have done that. I mean, we probably burnt that bridge. And I, everyone that's there, and can you pass this on to everybody else that's innocent in this? That's, let's just say, in the studio. You get what I'm well, saying? They're listening. Um, they just got duct tape on their mouth. 
<laughs> That's probably a wise choice. Um, uh, also, that could be considered kidnapping. So, like, we need to cut this conversation short so that you can well, get them untaped. One, first, first, I'm not a criminal. And two, they're not kids. So you can't really kidnap someone who's not a kid. I'm not sure that how that that's how that works, but I'm I'm not here to argue with you as well. I'm here to try and broker this piece. I can let bygones be bygones, and I might be able to undo and fix some of the shit that I've broken in Ricky's life. But I, I just I just basically uh, somehow we're gonna have to get him to the table and negotiate what's going on. Well, uh, I suppose. Um, I think he's coming right uh, now. Hey, uh, as well, are we we ready to roll, man? Uh, not not yet. Skippy. Uh, come on. What do you mean, man? What have you been doing, man? You looking up Celine Dion again? And uh, wait a minute, who are you talking to? Well, it may or may not be court psyops. Court psyops? What are you doing talking to court psyops? Uh, can you hear me, Rick? Yeah, I can. I can hear you, court. Uh, as well, and uh, everyone else that you have, let's just say in your studio, because I I don't know what's going on over there, but um. The, the folks that are doing the show with you, all these other folks, mm-hmm. they reached out to me and they wanted to basically make peace because I have i didn't realize I was hurting them, too. I had no idea. I didn't listen to this show. Well, that, you well, know, I had no idea that, that, was, that there were that many people. That was kind of the whole point. I was just trying to get you to listen to the show and you just were brushing me off. So that's that's kind of <sighs> where the whole thing fell apart, man. I mean, I wasn't mad at you. I was just trying to get you to check the show out. I'm sorry I didn't read between the lines. I'm not exactly a sensitive guy for that kind of thing. I try to get as much empathy as I can and I try to be as peaceful as I can, but man, you just brought out the worst in me. Come right out and ask me if you want me to be on the show. That's all you got to do. That's that's what we got to do. I mean, I think the only way to fix this is for you to come on the show and you'll get to kind of meet the ones you should meet and probably the ones you shouldn't meet. But uh, yeah, come on the show and let's do, uh, hey, I'll tell you what. I know you love this movie. I love it too. So how about we do Reanimator together? Uh, I would fucking love that. Let's do that. You're who better, right? To talk about it, and and that's the way to negotiate peace. It's like that in the fucking Ramones, right? Right. I'll try to uh, lock some of the other guys up, so uh, you know, you and I can uh, enjoy this flick together. Hey, I just got done recording my show. It's really freaking late here, and I'm getting a little bit tired, and I want to spend a little time with my wife. Why don't we set it up oh. like I can do next week for Reanimator? Okay, if that'll work for you, um, we'll wait, we'll knock yeah. out a time sometime next week. Does that sound cool? That sounds awesome. Yeah, we're gonna hug this out over Reanimator next week, buddy. But I seriously, I gotta yes. go. Okay. All right, man. All right, talk to you later. Yeah, later, dude. Well, what do you know?